Mother-loving Future Show, hosted by Amber Strange and Jenna Penrose, two mothers and detectives dedicated to fully embodying a new paradigm of conscious parenting, deeper relationships, healing ourselves into radiant health, and epic answers to age-old enigmas. Get ready to get your mind blown, because this week's episode starts in three. Two, one. Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome to the Mother Loving Future Show. It's Amber Strange here. And Jenna Penrose. Of course, want to be here without you. And we are so happy to have you here with us in this conversation today about gluten. Gluten-free. Is it for me? Is it for me? Well, we're going to find out. We're about to find out. We are about to find out. Before we get even further into it, I'm so proud to announce that this episode's sponsor is none other than Otto's Naturals, a gluten-free flour brand that tastes and works just like wheat flour. Otto's non-GMO cassava root flour does not have that drier, cardboardy taste or texture that often comes with a gluten-free flour. Yes, this is true. More on this later, but for now, use our exclusive discount code MLF at checkout for 20% off your order at ottosnaturals.com. So um, that being said, I think this is a good time to give you guys the definition of gluten since this is what this episode is all about. So Gluten is a protein naturally found in some grains, including wheat, barley, rye, and spelt, among others. It acts like a binder, holding food together and adding a stretchy quality. If you think of the pizza maker tossing and stretching out the ball of dough, without the gluten, the dough would rip easily. So it's that elastic kind of protein. Okay. Well, let's start at the basics. Where is gluten most readily found, do you think, Jenna? So gluten is found in grains such as wheat, wheat germ, rye, barley, bulgur, couscous, farina, gram flour, kamut matzo, which is like a matzah cracker, semolina spelt. Wow. And I'm sure there's some other ones too, but those are the main They're ones. They're the main ones. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good to look out for them. So what are some less obvious culprits? So some less obvious places where you could find gluten would be MSG, uh, soy sauce, modified food starch, and occasionally medications and vitamins from cross-contamination or the use of wheat starch as fillers or in coatings. Man, so celiacs, people who are really allergic to gluten in a serious way, they've got a big mission yeah. to look out for gluten because it's hidden in things. It's hidden in things. A lot of the time people won't tell you if they use MSG in restaurants, correct? Ugh, I don't know. Uh, I guess you have to ask a lot of questions before you trust anything these days. I only eat at Cafe Gratitude, so I know that's not a problem. <laughs> I love that. That makes two of us. Okay. So let's talk about symptoms of having a gluten intolerance. Okay, so these are some symptoms that you could have if you have a gluten intolerance. Um, bloating, diarrhea, constipation, smelly feces. Get your head around favorite. that. <laughs> Abdominal pain, headaches, feeling tired, skin problems, depression, unexplained weight loss due to malabsorption, 
iron deficiency, anemia, also from malabsorption, anxiety, autoimmune disorders, joint and muscle pain, leg or arm numbness, and brain fog. Let's be honest, like every single person listening is probably experiencing at least one of those symptoms. The list just goes on. I mean, I got a couple of these to claim brain fog, tick. That could be motherhood though. Uh, let me think. You've probably got anxiety going on. I got anxiety. Um, I got headaches. I feel a little tired. Mm, I did uh, just eat gluten. We're going to talk about this, but Amber and I just ate gluten before this episode. so As could, an experiment. As an experiment so we could tell you how we feel. <laughs> it's true. That's how dedicated we are to these topics. We really get down and dirty and involved. All right. So let's bring it back to the personal level. Jenna, why don't you tell us about your relationship with gluten? Where do you stand today in the realm of gluten in your life? So I'm not like crazy against gluten. Like I'm not really going out of my way to super, super avoid it, like not eating soy sauce, but I don't, uh, I don't, choose to eat it if possible. So basically I am gluten-free, but I'm not very, very strict about it. Why do you not cut it out completely? Why do you have that attitude? The reason I don't cut it out completely is because to be honest, the effects that it has on my body are more subtle compared to like, I mean, I actually do after eating gluten today have some of these symptoms. Like I do feel a bit of a headache. I do usually feel tired and um, I actually feel a little mucus in my throat. So um, I, I, but those symptoms are mild and it really wasn't until I really took account of my body to even notice those. So since the symptoms are rather mild in my body and also because I don't want to, I, I don't want to completely be able, not be able to process it, you know? So keeping a little bit here and there is sort of like keeps my body being able to process it. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I'm at. Yeah, I get it. Just on your point where you don't even notice your symptoms unless you really tune into your body. That's a really interesting point because Kerry, my husband, definitely has a dairy and gluten intolerance. And it's almost as if he he cracks open a beer most days after work and he'll have some cereal in the morning, all organic, of course, with his organic milk. But he will intentionally eat gluten and dairy, the things that inflame and get his system in reactive mode, knowing that he's going to be stuffy and itchy and lethargic afterwards. And it's almost as if that's become the norm. So he has just adapted to there being this constant slight inflammation in his system, Mm -hmm. which is interesting because I think a lot of people just ignore it and say, ah, that's well, I just feel like that after Mm -hmm. a big meal, no big deal. Mm -hmm. But that continued over a prolonged period of time can really wear down one's immune system, gut health, and make you susceptible to a whole range of other issues where we we, we don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Mm So just heads up, really listen to your body, honor that, and try to steer clear of the things that you notice are irritating your system. And I want to just turn it on you. Where are you with gluten right now? You're turning on me? I'm turning it on you. I'm not turning on you. Don't worry. I was waiting for this day. Where am I with gluten? I have a very relaxed attitude to life. My main rule in life is really honor your body and listen to your intuition and be willing to be flexible and be tapped in moment to moment, day by day. And sometimes I have a beautiful, I always do organic, high quality food. And I think that if for me personally, in my personal constitution, I can handle a beautiful piece of bread from 
a fermented organic sourdough incredible loaf made with minimal ingredients where I know where I'm getting it from. I know it's fresh and I know it's not banged up with pesticides and and um, all kinds of other stuff. Extra gluten, because a lot of bread brands use extra gluten. They add gluten as an additive as well for that extra elasticity. Oh Not even that. They add sugar. Oh, yeah, they sugar. add yeah. all kinds of crazy stuff. Preservatives, like off the hook. It's it's all happening in bread. They've they've thought of <laughs> they've thought of every angle to to poison us. <laughs> so. Every once in a while when I feel like a beautiful piece of toast with my soup, I'll have it. But I always listen to my body afterwards and I may be craving that bread. I may not be. So it's different every day. I'm and spontaneous. Can I tell you, ask you though, I have been to your house many a time and you've offered me many a piece of bread, usually gluten-free. I don't even can't even remember a time where you've offered me like glutinous bread. You know why? This is a bit of a hypocritical point. But Valentine, my four and a half year old, I am aware that gluten can cause inflammation in the system. And so I intentionally choose gluten-free bread for him because he lives on bread. He loves bread. Honey, honey toast is kind of his staple thing. So in the mornings when I know he's going to want toast, I would rather give him a gluten-free option just as a mother to have peace of mind, knowing that I'm not intentionally adding to some inflammation in his system than non-gluten-free just to be safe. But you don't mind contributing to inflammation in your system. Yeah. Isn't that hypocritical? It's so interesting. It's almost like I feel like because I'm older, because I'm 35 now, I've been through the ups and downs and I know how to regulate my system. I don't mind tolerating a little bit of gluten every now and then. But I, I also can listen to my body and one week I may have a piece of toast every morning for breakfast. And then on the Wednesday, I'm like, mm, I actually, when I think of the toast, I feel a little bit bloated and I feel a little bit sluggish. I kind of, maybe I can have a green salad for breakfast this morning. That's what I'm craving, something lighter. And But you would be okay with Valentine having an occasional piece of high quality fermented, as you say, sourdough from a good, if he had a chunk of bread from a really good quality place, you'd be fine with that. Yeah. If it was once a week mm -hmm. or twice a week, but every single mm -hmm. day as his staple diet mm -hmm. to be putting something which I understand as an inflammatory into his system, I don't want him to get into that habit and I don't want him to get hooked on that because, you know, bread is everywhere. And I just <laughs> think that having something consistently inflaming your system is going to lead us to Absolutely. a lot of issues. Okay. Yeah. And as I said, it's about quality. I think you can get bread that is just simple ingredients, fermented and organic, and you're going to get run into a lot less reactions possibly. I mean, I can't say that's a fact than a preservative filled, pesticide filled, gluttonous gluten mm -hmm. piece of bread. And did you eat a lot of gluten when you were a kid or how, what was your relationship to gluten as a child and then moving into your adult life? My parents had absolutely no concept of health growing up. And so we had, you know, frozen fish fingers covered in breadcrumbs and nothing organic wasn't really a thing back then, probably because the agricultural industry hadn't cottoned on to the whole pesticide, well, I think it had pesticide thing in the eighties and nineties, but we just didn't know about it yet. Mm. So we got extra worst. Ex yeah, uh, mm -hmm. even worse. So I didn't really have any knowledge, information, guidance around that. So I would say most mornings I'd have a piece of toast for breakfast and spaghetti in the afternoon. And I probably had a lot of gluten, which is interesting because they say, obviously, diet is so connected to your gut health 
obviously, gluten being one of the culprits culprits which disrupt your gut health bacteria and can lead to leaky gut syndrome. We're going to get into that. And I ended up with polycystic ovaries at a very early age. So, and, you know, we, we did an interview recently about a woman who was saying polycystic ovaries is also directly related to gut health and hormone health is related to gut health. So maybe it could be polycystic ovaries in my thyroid issues when I was younger stemmed from constantly putting gluten in my system and GMO things and whatever else, which led to leaky gut, which then led to these other health issues. Who knows? It's going to be a mystery, but it's I a possibility. That's totally a possibility. Um, and what about you? Well, yeah. Growing was, up, what was your relationship to gluten? Um, I once I'm the same as you. My my family did not really like care about organic stuff, but um, we did eat a lot of brown bread. We didn't have white bread in the house. Um, and I remember as a kid thinking that was really annoying. Like all the cute little sandwiches at school were like white bread with no crust. And I had this like crusty brown bread, but um, they were really into whole grain. So we did a lot of whole grain, but I never, I never liked bread or like potatoes or pasta. Like that was just never my my thing. You know, I, I really liked vegetables always as a kid, like eating my chicken pot pie. I would pick the vegetables out. I wouldn't eat the chicken. I wouldn't eat the pot pie. I would eat the vegetables, like vegetables and sauce is like my dream thing. child. Yeah. And I want to so, ask you, is it because of the reaction you had in your body? Like mm-hmm. your body's feeling you had when eating no. those things or you just naturally I, lean towards vegetables? I just naturally lean, t- lean towards it. And, um, I, I just liked vegetables. I felt like when I was eating bread, even as a kid, I felt like bread was 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 nothing. It felt like a filler to me. It didn't feel like real food. It felt like a filler. Like it was just filling me up but not giving me anything. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like any nutritional value from that. I have to ask you, I know you lived in Paris for a while mm-hmm. and you've done a lot of trips through Europe. You were telling me how into the bread you were in Paris. Well, I was into the cheese. I ate a lot of bread in Paris, but I once again, I was never I'm not a bread person. So I think if I was a bread person, I would have eaten probably like whole baguettes or something. I ate a lot of sandwiches. Uh, I love sandwiches. So I ate a lot of sandwiches. I ate a lot of bread and cheese, but I I uh yeah. Did, I did. And did you notice a difference between the quality of the bread in Europe compared to America? Fresher, less preservatives, no plastics, no shelf life, no shelf life. It's like if your baguette was made, wasn't even made this morning, it was made like two hours ago, like very, very fresh and no preservatives would be the big difference. Not a lot of whole grain, almost no whole grain. Um, And even at that time in my life, I was very like into whole grain. Like I didn't, I just, to me, like white bread is like, you may as well just eat cardboard for me. It's like, it's the same as eating like, it's like almost like not food. Oh, but come on, a a beautiful I'm just not that person. But with a bowl of soup, don't you love like a sourdough piece of toast with creamy butter and it dipped in Do you want to know the truth? Yeah, I will tell you the truth. So I've noticed that I have mild anxiety when I eat around, this is off topic, but around having um, – like if I have bread and soup, I have like a weird anxiety around having the m- same amount of bread as soup. Like if I dip in the bread <laughs> and it's all gone before the soup is gone, that stresses me out. Wow. And I've noticed this actually when I eat all the time. It's like it's this low-grade anxiety of like needing everything to be perfectly distributed. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. And so for me, bread and soup 
isn't necessarily a positive it's experience. It's a stressor. So it stresses clear. me, yeah. Does it stress you out? Because I always eat bread and soup at your house. It doesn't so stress to- me out soup. if you eat it. But you don't look at it saying, oh my gosh, is she going to finish the bread before no, she finishes that, the to, soup? Other, to other people, it doesn't matter to me. But for, for me and my food, it's like this weird, obs- it's just an unconscious anxiety around needing to have the exact amount of bread as there is soup. And do you have that with other portions? All, all foods. So if you were to have a meal, like a, a spaghetti, whatever meal, you would need the perfect amount of of, of sauce, sauce and pasta. Uh, pasta and salad. And you know, and it would stress me out if there was like, because I would take a bite of salad with a bite of pasta and I would need that to be equal. And when I was a little kid and even now, what I would do when I was a kid is I'd take my pasta and my sauce and my salad and I'd mix it all in a bowl. And Whoa, like that. damn. Yeah. That's got to be against the rules. It's a weird anxiety thing. I don't know how to explain it. Do you know where that stemmed from? The anxiety specifically around the food? Was I, there some rule around your childhood with no. food that stressed you out? Or no. it's just... It's just, a, I think it's just a weird avenue that my anxiety took. And I, I do know that it had that has been around since I was a kid because I would almost every night at dinner, I would go to the kitchen, I would get a mixing bowl and I'd mix up my dinner and eat it like that. And did you do and that, that to your me lunch, is your a breakfast too? anxiety. To have everything mixed is a relieves my anxiety. Wow. Yeah. Which is great because then you digest the food better once that's eaten. You probably absorb it better. You're happier. Yeah, I don't know. If, when you're not anxious, obviously. Yeah. So I'm like the opposite of the kid that needs to have their food not touching. <laughs> I'm like the kid that needs it all mixed up. Wow. And did you do that with lunch and breakfast too? Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, with everything. Like with the, with lunch, I'll have a salad. But if I go to like kava and get a kava bowl, like I cannot handle it if it's not all mixed together. So wait, you still do that? You still do oh. the mix? Every day, so all the time. What if I took you out to a fancy restaurant for I don't know our MLF anniversary? You will notice that if I don't actually mix, that I am like very carefully portioning it out so that everything can is the same amount, and it's like an it causes anxiety. Yeah, wow. and you didn't notice this, but today when we were eating lunch before this, I had sauce and I had the samosas that we were eating, which had gluten in the wrappers, and. Like if you were to watch me, you would notice there was exactly the like like the last bite of samosa. I used the rest of the sauce, and it was like all distributed evenly. Wow! See, I would find that stressful. I know it's very stressful. <laughs> no, I mean try, it's very trying stressful. to get it both finished at the same time for I me would be I'm so making stressful. my skin itch. She, she's stressful. itching. She's itching her face right now, everyone. <laughs> Whew. Okay. Feel we digress. That's yeah, a whole we've topic. We, we've got to work on not that. involved. Not it's all about eliminating gluten. stresses in our lives. All these little habits, relationships, whatever, wherever you have stresses, people, time to release the stresses if you can. And you know about that, that I wasn't even noticing that I was doing that. It was like all unconscious. And suddenly I was like, why am I always so anxious when I eat? And then I realized that, whatever. We digress. Let's talk about gluten. Okay. Back, <laughs> back to the glutinous gluten. So Jenna, I want to know, when did you start experimenting with cutting gluten out of your diet? And is there a specific time when you noticed the reaction gluten had to your system? And just a third question in there, what is the specific reaction you have when you eat gluten? Okay. So I'll answer the last question first, because I, it's very relevant and prevalent for me right now. And it's going to give you anxiety if you don't go backwards to forwards? No, that's (laughs) no, just teasing. No, but I'm just going to answer that one first because I have it in my head so fresh because we did eat gluten before this. We had samosas that had gluten in them. Afterwards, I noticed 
a like a post nasal mucal drip mucus in my throat. I also noticed um, a, a tiny bit of a headache, and I also noticed. Usually, I notice tiredness. I didn't notice that too much right now, uh, but I normally do feel tired and like really lethargic after I eat gluten. And just to give the audience an idea, you ate how many little baby tiny mini samosas? I ate probably like six mini samosas. Six, and they're literally half the size of the palm of your hand. Yeah. They're very small. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Because that's definitely a reaction. And I don't, but the thing is I don't usually eat gluten these days because to answer your former questions, I cut it out. I've just got really into eating clean over the last you know, couple of years. And it's really came from information, from doing this podcast, from learning how food affects people's bodies and from wanting, genuinely wanting radiant health for myself. And, um, you know, I was already a vegetarian. Right now I eat pretty clean. I'm vegan. I am gluten-free most of the time. I'm sugar-free most of the time. And um, yeah, gluten-free, sugar-free, and vegan. So I don't eat a lot of stuff, (laughs) but I feel better than I ever have in terms of like feeling that I feel healthy in my body. And probably because you have such a clean diet, like generally, when you do eat gluten, you're extra sensitive and aware of the reactions, which is an interesting part of the detox symptoms. Mm -hmm. Once you clean up your act, you can really feel when you're feeling crappy Mm -hmm. and you can really feel when you're reacting. It's making my nose itchy just thinking about Mm -hmm. it, actually. Detoxing makes my nose itchy. Sorry. <laughs> and so, how about you? How 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 long? What's been your withdrawal from gluten? How long have you been withdrawn or withdrawing? What? How does gluten affect you? I like to not make any hard and fast rules around diet because, as I said, I like to listen to my body's wisdom and intuition in the moment. And sometimes I may be really feeling like something to fill me up and may feel like a little bit of toast with my soup or whatever it may be. And so if I'm, I'll, I'll tap into my body first. And if I really feel like that, I'll have it and it'll be the highest quality possible. But I definitely do make an effort to not have it on the daily. Uh, when I eat, when I have more than one piece of gluten throughout my day, say I have a piece of toast in the morning and then, mm, I don't know, something with gluten in it at lunchtime and then pasta for dinner, I will definitely notice a feeling of heaviness in my body, of being bloated and of being tired. And I won't feel great the next day. So there's, I I have a reaction, but it's nothing severe. Yeah. The same as me, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Nothing severe, but definitely if you pay attention, there's a reaction. And I really believe that if that was consistent, if I wasn't aware of the effects of gluten and I was just mindlessly eating Mm -hmm. it because I'm being fed it every meal, every day, I, I really believe that my health wouldn't be where it is today. And you also wouldn't even think it was a problem. You'd probably be like, oh yeah, I'm generally get headaches or I generally am like That's tired. It. That's the danger you know? is adapting to unwell being the norm. Well, should we talk about what gluten actually does to yes, your body? Please. I would love to know. <clears throat> so I did a lot of research into this and I found that um, sort of where gluten breaks down in the human digestive tract is So in your digestive tract, everything is broken down by different enzymes, right? So gluten proteins, so gluten is a protein. Those proteins in your digestive tract 
are highly resistant to the enzymes, which means that they cannot get broken down by the enzymes that we have, which means that these proteins remain unbroken down by our digestive tract. This incomplete digestion of the proteins allows for peptides, which are large units of amino acids, the building blocks of proteins, to cross over through the wall of your small intestine and into the rest of your body. So that means that the undigested gluten protein can exit your intestine and get into the rest of your body. And that is called leaky gut. And that is the root cause of a lot of autoimmune diseases. A lot. Leaky gut, if you know, the whole concept of your gut's your second brain, your whole health resides in your gut health. Leaky gut syndrome, I mean, I'm so passionate about it. It is really something that a lot of people are suffering from and they have no idea. And it shows up as a lot of different things. Allergies is a massive one to pollen, to this food, to that food, to everything. And a whole plethora of insane things. Lots of autoimmune things. It's true. So this is a great time to tell you just a little bit more about this episode's sponsor, Autos Naturals. When I approach gluten-free food, I always experience a suspicion as to whether the product will be chalky. You know that feeling. I'm always very surprised and impressed when I eat something gluten-free that is moist, flavorful, and delicious, just like Otto's. That's why we love Otto's cassava flour. Otto's has managed to make a product that makes your baked goods taste no different than what you're used to from all your childhood comfort foods. Many are coming to understand that gluten can lead to inflammation and may not contribute to optimal health. Otto's have come up with a game-changing, single-ingredient, gluten-free, grain-free, nut-free, paleo flour with the taste and texture of wheat. Otto's is a true gluten-free miracle. And what's more, Otto's cassava flour subs one-to-one by weight into many of your favorite baking recipes, so you don't have to worry about that tough math or those tedious alterations. I need that. And now exclusively for our listeners, Otto's is offering code MLF at checkout for 20% off your order at ottosnaturals.com. Go forth with this code and bake gluten-free goodies. Jenna, why don't you tell me about glyphosate and its role in products that contain gluten? Okay, so glyphosate is really a big issue here, and I'm really glad that we're going to be talking about this. So glyphosate is a synthetic compound which is used as an herbicide or like a pesticide on – actually, it's an herbicide, meaning that it kills weeds, not necessarily kills pests. Um, This is – it's made by Monsanto – the brand name is called Roundup. So you guys might've heard of Roundup. And this is a glyphosate herbicide, which is sprayed on wheat. Okay. So the common practice among farmers is to spray their wheat crops with, with glyphosate immediately prior to harvesting them. Doing so actually kills the plant, which speeds the required drying of the grain. This is called desiccation. This practice makes it easier for farmers to time when they harvest their wheat crops and allows for uniform drying, okay? And so where they use this this product, this Roundup, is often in North America and sometimes in Europe. And and um, Samsel and Senef, which is two scientists which study the effects of gluten on the human system, note that the incidence of celiac disease and gluten sensitivity have risen dramatically worldwide, but especially in North America and Europe. Mm -hmm. So there seems to be an effect 
combination, like a, 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 there seems to a be connect. a connection. Sorry. Thank you. Uh, couldn't connect to come up with that word, but, <laughs> uh, between glyphosate, glyphosate and gluten insensitivity. And now glyphosate actually bonds to the gluten uh, molecules. And so when we are digesting the gluten, we're taking in that gluten, we're also taking, taking in the in herbicide. The herbicide. And the herbicide is the thing that they're alluding to maybe the irritant that are making celiacs celiacs and just so yes. reactive. Yes. That and makes in, sense. In this study by Samsel and Senef, fish exposed to glyphosate developed digestive problems that are reminiscent of celiac's disease. Fascinating. Celiac disease is associated with imbalances in the gut bacteria that can be fully explained by the known effects of glyphosate on gut bacteria. Wow. Well, there we have it, folks. Mm-hmm. And so this is a really important component to the conversation. And and also really want to bring back to what Amber said, how she feels resonant when she eats a very organic, non-processed bread, you know, but but how that feels different from like a massively produced bread. It could be when you have an organic wheat crop, you're not using the glyphosate on it. And that could be having a totally different effect on your body. Um, Another thing that's relevant is that very recently, uh, Monsanto was there, there was a court case against Monsanto that um, basically said that Roundup and glyphosate is was at the root cause of the of cancer of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in uh, Mr. Hardiman, um, and this was just in the last month. He was awarded eighty-seven million dollars. In damages uh, for this herbicide and how it affected his body, leading to cancer. So clearly, this is not a positive um, substance that should be sprayed upon our crops right before they harvest them. Um, wow, another great reason to go organic. Yeah, if you're not going organic, you just do not know what you're at the mercy of. Mm-hmm. That's one of the main reasons I just have that as my baseline rule because. Especially in America, there are so many lax rules in this big boys club around chemicals. I mean, just look at Monsanto and what they get away with. It's insane. You cannot trust, you can't trust people. No. (laughs) I mean, in America, you could trust people to do one thing and that's chase the dollar. You know, capitalism rules as king. So if you're going to be making money or or increasing your profit, then it's totally fine in the free market economy, right? Mm -hmm. So- just something to think about. Do you know many people who are celiacs? Not people that are actually celiac. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people with heavy gluten intolerances. And like what happens to them? Very, very bloated is the first one. Foggy, really brain foggy, headaches. They, it's pretty instant as well, mm-hmm. the, the effects of it. I mean, they're a total pain to go out to dinner with, I have to admit. <laughs> But at the same time, we live in such an incredible city where there are, at most restaurants, there are gluten-free options Hmm. stated on the menu, which is incredible. But I can imagine that most people who have intense reactions would have to eat at home a lot, which is awesome because then you can regulate what you're putting into your body. But I could imagine it really affects your lifestyle. If you like whining and dining and socializing and going out, you really have to ask a lot of questions before you trust what you've been given. 
that's true. Although it is possible. I remember we had, we interviewed a girl on a podcast a couple of weeks ago who said that she was a celiac and that she loved whining and dining. And so she still went out and ate sushi and whatever, but not soy sauce. That's true. So can I talk about how you feel when you're on a gluten-free stint? Because I, think- I feel very different when I'm totally gluten-free and I make an intentional um, stake in the ground saying, I'm going to detox. I'm going completely, I'm pretty much dairy free, but when I go completely off gluten, admittedly it's always with alcohol as well and and other pollutants. I feel probably after the first 10 days, I start to feel so clear minded. My skin, all the little red patches that naturally pop up, all those irritated areas in my skin disappear. I get out of bed easier in the morning. I'm like, oh yeah, energy first thing. Whoa, never knew this was possible. Um, and I'm more emotionally stable. <laughs> I have to say, pe- people get depressed who are allergic to gluten. Oh yeah, or anxious. I, I read in the. I'd probably, I'd probably get anxious knowing me. But um, yeah, I, I've never done like a cleanse, like not eating gluten specifically for like a long amount of time. So, I, but I think that when I don't eat gluten. Um, and when I eat cleaner, I definitely have a lot more energy, a lot more clarity of thought, a lot more energy, a lot less mucus in my throat. I think that's another thing that for me happens because um, I just take a lot of symptoms like in my throat. <laughs> I just where symptoms manifest for me. Um, yeah. Okay. I also hear that gluten is an ager. Hmm. In case anything we've said isn't scary enough for you, that may be. <laughs> That's a good incentive to see, to experiment with gluten and see what happens when you go on a little bit of a break from it. Allow yourself 10 days because that's usually how long it takes for your system to really recalibrate and move through all the symptoms. And a lot of people say that less gluten keeps you more hydrated, keeps you more youthful, keeps the hormones and everything just flowing more. And it's, it's, they say you de-age. And you know what can I say to that is like, um, when you're not eating gluten, you're going to be making healthier choices with the, with the calories that you would be spending on gluten, let's say. So if let's say you, you would normally have hummus on a piece of toast, but now you're going to eat hummus on a cucumber. It's like, like maybe it's the healthier choices that are de-aging you. Do you know what I That's mean? That's true. You're filling that space, which uh-huh. would be usually with gluten, mm-hmm. with activated nuts mm-hmm. or with mm-hmm. things that are really rich in minerals mm-hmm. and vitamins and mm-hmm. Yeah. Enzymes and water and like mm-hmm. yeah 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 all that good stuff. Give me some mm, enzymes. Give it to me. I want some of that aliveness and alive food. Mm-hmm. Mm. We've got a good podcast coming out on de aging soon, don't we? Oh yes, that's a really good one. That was interesting. <laughs> I was so inspired after that. All right, bringing it back, Jenna. I want to know what your experience with gluten free products is because if you're not going to go gluten and you feel like that delicious decadent muffin for a little treat or bagel or whatever it may be, you're stinging for a sandwich, there's going to be a gluten-free option. I agree. I love sandwiches. So that's where I really get it because I don't really care much for muffins or bagels or anything else with gluten. I just don't really care about that. So it's not really an issue for me. Um, I don't like the gluten-free options that are usually the choice. Uh, They don't taste good. 
They taste like, for me, all the things I don't like about bread are the same with gluten-free bread. It's like, it feels like a filler. It feels like heavy to me. Even though it doesn't have gluten in it, I still doesn't feel like the food I want to eat. You mm-hmm. know, So a lot of times I wouldn't be one to like reach for the gluten-free option. The one time when that does happen is bread because I love sandwiches. Like I, I really love sandwiches. So I'll do a gluten-free bread, but once in a while I will have a sandwich on just organic sourdough. And what is your gluten-free bread? Um, usually I like, I think most of the breads I get are a combination of different flours. Rice flour is a big one for gluten-free breads. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And almond flour is a big one. Yeah. What else do we have? Yeah, almond flour, rice flour. I cornstarch is sometimes corn, put in there. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff that they use um, in sour gum, sorghum. Yeah, so sorghum. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah, or millet. Um, what else? Just gluten free grains usually. Mm-hmm. Rice, millet, sorghum, corn, nut flours. Mm-hmm. I wonder if those type of combinations are. Uh, a good idea or not, you know, cause we're really experimenting. At I this don't feel point. they are. I mean, I don't, I don't resonate with them. I, I, I'm excited. We're going to make a strawberry pie out of the cassava flour and the cassava flour actually is different than the vegan flour. That's good. Cause that's a, a pure the, root. Yeah. It's a pure root vegetable, not the vegan flour. Sorry. The gluten-free flours, which um, is from Otto's natural. Yes. From Otto natural, our, our sponsor for this episode, which is just a divine, um, divine that they're sponsoring this episode of all episodes. But, um, their flour seems a lot lighter and a lot more like normal flour and not so heavy. It seems like very light. So I'm excited to to see how that turns out. Mm, delicious. Yeah. I, I'm into simplicity. So I can imagine mixing up all those different types of proteins and different starches and whatever it may be can't be the best. No, it's very processed, isn't it? Mm, so you got to be careful. I think that Obviously, if you're stinging for some kind of bread or pasta or whatever, maybe the purer one is the better one to go for. Like I I often buy uh, spaghetti made out of rice. Yes. There's a brown rice and quinoa spaghetti from Trader Joe's Organic. It's so good. Yes. I agree. I would, but I would steer clear. I would, even though you're going gluten free, I would still look into it. Mm -hmm. I would still look into are there fillers? Mm -hmm. Is there corn in there? Mm -hmm. And I'm just personally against corn because it feeds viruses and parasites and is not meant to be very nutritional. But other people may love it. But the less um, conglomeration of different types of flours, I would say the better. And also, just because they're gluten free doesn't mean that they're not full of. Other fillers and artificial flavors and all those kind of things. I know a lot of brands that have actually tried to capitalize on this health trend of going gluten-free. And so they've got gluten-free plastered all over their flowers they're making, but the flowers are filled with non-organic, GMO-packed, artificial flavors, all that stuff. So really be sure to read the labels and make sure that you read the ingredients and you know exactly what you're eating. And it's not just kind of a bit of a marketing ploy. Agree. I totally agree with that. I have an interesting question. More and more people seem to be suffering from food intolerances and gluten, as we mentioned, being a main issue of those food intolerances. Jenna, 
Do you think that this growing food intolerance epidemic is related purely to our gut health or perhaps to our fading quality in our food chain or the harshness of our toxic-filled environment or chemicals such as the Roundup or our genetics? Do you have an idea on why you think more and more and more people are becoming intolerant right. to the food. Okay, let me see if I can like express what is going on in my head right Channel now. Channel it, baby. Okay. Channel it, drop so it. So I think it's multifaceted. It's not just one thing. I think the the increasing toxicity of our world is an absolute contributor. Uh, things like Roundup, things like pesticides, things like uh, household cleaning products, things like beauty products, the things we put on our skin, um, it's cause, it can cause hormonal imbalances, which can cause massive system breakdowns. Um, I, so I think that's part of it. I think the amount of sugar, of high fructose corn syrup, of uh, gluten, um, dangerous ingredients that dangerous are in everything. You know, like I walk into Ralph's, just a normal American supermarket, and I will not eat almost anything in there. Like if you read the labels and you don't want to eat high fructose corn syrup and you don't want to eat sugar and you don't want to eat like added gluten and don't you want to it to be organic, <laughs> there literally you could just find the organic produce. And that's the only thing in the whole store that that you can have. And that's scary when an entire American grocery store is like so jammed packed with every single product being in a, in a sense toxic, you know? So I think that's absolutely contributing to things like leaky gut, to things like inflammation of the gut. And so when you have inflammation of, of the gut, that is where all of the sensitivities lie. That is where the allergies lie. People who are allergic to the dust, to to dairy, to have all these high sensitivities, you you look at their gut health and you'll see that there's some imbalance, there's leaky gut, there's some issue in their gut. So mm -hmm. no wonder. And then, yes. And then another factor that I'm feeling is contributing is I believe that we are at the precipice of a massive global awakening of a consciousness shift. And I think people are becoming intolerant to the food and the system because it's almost like an awakening agent where it's like people are having health breakdowns around food and they are coming through those with new understandings, new holistic understandings of like what's happening in the world, like the, the big boys club that's poisoning us all, like um, how to find and create radiant health for themselves. And this is all part of the, the awakening process. So I think, I think it's acting also as an awakener. I agree. I think that's, it, it's, it's a blessing because we're not giving a choice, but to eradicate the, the things in our lives that are not in alignment with our greatest consciousness and evolution and for the planet, it becomes intolerant to the degree where you simply can't eat it. I have some very sensitive spiritual friends who that, and funnily enough, they're usually the ones who have those type of sensitivities. Of they just cannot eat anything that is not pure, organic and complete medicine. And if they do, they will react in such a severe Absolutely. physical, emotional way where they just don't have a choice. And a I think that's something forcing them and a large amount of other people to wake up and just eradicate the systems that are not supporting your health, not supporting the earth, not supporting our evolution. And it goes the other way too. It's like as you move up in consciousness that you start to resonate at a frequency which is not compatible with these lower vibrational food choices, you know? So it's it's really a resonance thing. It's like that does not resonate 
those foods will not resonate with those on the path. And, you know, for people like star seeds would be particularly insensitive to gluten and earthly toxicity because they're, they're not used to this planet and they're also here to shift it. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to take any of that crap. Beautiful. I love it. And as we know, everything's connected. Your food is connected to your consciousness, to your emotionality. So the more we can clean up our diet, the more we naturally clean up our ability to connect to bigger ideas, a healthier space within our own minds, et cetera, et cetera. So they come hand in hand. So now is the time to clean up our act, people. Well, Jenna, do you have an invitation for our audience? Yes, I do. So my invitation to our audience is go out there and eat a bit of gluten and then take, unless you're really a celiac, then maybe not. But (laughs) if you are wondering if gluten is for you or not, eat something with gluten in it and really pay attention to your body after, directly after you eat it. Do you feel tired? Do you have a slight headache or any type of bloating? Do you feel uh, increased mucus in your throat or in your lungs or anywhere. Um, feel anxious, depressed, constipated. Anxious, depressed, Do you constipated. have smelly poop? All of this. <laughs> Itchy skin. My skin is itching just talking about it. Yeah. So just take note and um, leave us a comment. We would love to hear how gluten affects you just so that we can take um, a stock of like how gluten affects people. And if this, if this episode is on something, Beautiful. I'm taking that on. I'm also getting itchy. Just thinking about it. I'm literally itching right now. Yeah, I'm itching all over. All right. I'll let you if you itch me. Okay. (laughs) Right. So thank you so much for being with us, everyone. We really appreciate your support. If it weren't for you guys, we wouldn't be doing this. Honestly, it's so awesome to be riding this wave with you. And it just fills our hearts up when you reach out to us and let us know how much an episode helped you or it opened your eyes to something and we're all on this train together. So really just reach out to us and connect. We love growing our community and getting feedback from you guys. And if you did enjoy today's episode and and can relate or have some ideas of your own or your own story, please write to us, leave a review, share this episode, subscribe to iTunes. Let's do this. We're in it together. Have an incredible week and we will feel you with us next Monday. Bye for now.